0: It took me 10 years of trial and error for me to finally get promoted to VP in my career, but now I help women make that move in just one year. So if you've been struggling to get promoted to the VP level, you'll want to tune in to hear the seven pitfalls that you'll want to avoid. I'll also share three shifts that you can get started on the right track today, so you'll want to stay with me till the end. I'm Jill Avey, a career success coach, and this is Sister Smart Leadership, the show that explores how women can rise from director to vice president and beyond by fully leaning into their feminine energy as their biggest advantage. Let's get you one step closer to the recognition and promotion you deserve. Before we get into the episode, I'm excited to share that I'm hosting a giveaway to celebrate the debut of Sister Smart Leadership. I'm giving away three career mapping VIP sessions, where we'll work together one-on-one to create a plan for the next stage in your career, including what you need to get there. To enter, simply subscribe to the YouTube channel and your favorite podcast player, then leave a review on Apple Podcast. Take a screenshot of the review and share it to your LinkedIn profile tagging me, Jill Levy. You'll have until Friday, September 29th to enter, and we'll select three winners who will notify through a direct message on LinkedIn. It can be hard to figure all this out on your own. Your mentors don't have all the answers for you, and your manager doesn't either. Your boss might not even want you to move up if there's nowhere for you to go in your current organization. But thankfully, it can be done, and you can work on your career specifically, especially when you have a coach to guide you so that you don't make the same mistakes that I've made. I've been helping women leaders get promoted for quite some time, and I've noticed that there's a few essential things that can set you up for success. So let's start with these you need to have ambition to move up into the higher ranks. Maybe you've heard that inner voice that tells you you have something special to give to the world. You know that you can make a difference with your talents and you're ready to work hard to get there. You've proven that already. You have the persistence and the grit to do what it takes to get to where you want to go. Your sense of purpose tells you that you're made for something greater than you are today. It doesn't have to be solving poverty, but in your corner of the world, you want to make a difference. So the second thing that I've noticed is that you need to have a mission that gets you up in the morning. So you have this vision, something you know that you see for your company, your department, your industry. You want to make that vision a reality. And maybe that vision includes helping others like it does for many women. Maybe that's providing a healthy environment for employees to work. I know that was a big one for me. Or maybe you want to be a role model for young women and girls or even the boys in your life so that they can see the value of women in the workplace. So whatever it is for you, it's something that inspires you even on your darkest days. Number three, you have a growth mindset. You know that to get somewhere new, you have to learn new things and you're excited about learning because you need to keep growing all the time. It's just part of who you are. You're ready to do the introspection to develop your emotional self so that you can step into a newer, bigger version of yourself. One that takes on the challenges and steps into the limelight more. Even if you don't feel like this now, you're ready to do what it takes to get there. Number four, you have support. One of the most important keys to making it to the top is to have a support system at home. Women who are leading at the top levels have worked out support systems so that they are not responsible for everything at work and at home. And this often means that their spouse or partner is doing equal, if not more, of the childcare, elder care, housekeeping, kid transitioning, all of that. This also might be hired out. And ideally, you have the support of your manager. It's a bonus if you also have sponsors already established in your company. If you don't have that support and you can't cultivate this through developing your leadership skills, then you'll have to be ready to look somewhere else outside of your company. So this could be a great option for women who are overlooked because maybe sometimes you aren't the right fit at your company or your manager can't see your growth or potential. You know, it's sort of like when your parents still see you as a kid, even though you're grown. When that happens, you can be very successful by moving to another company where you're a better fit and it gives you that fresh start so that you're being seen as a person you are today instead of what you used to be. So in my case, when my boss got promoted to president, and suggested to the CEO that I get promoted into the VP role, the CEO, who was a more traditional Taiwanese man, told him that women can't lead. Yep, you heard that right. (laughs) And this was in the current millennium. It was frustrating, but eventually I did get the job because I had created these strong relationships with some sponsors who stood up for me and they convinced the CEO that I could lead and that I deserve the opportunity. And that support system was really a critical piece for me in the end. So now that I'm a coach, I specialize in professional development, and I can see that if I'd had all the supports that I provide my clients now, I probably would have even been able to stay in my marketing career. You see, I didn't have a storybook career progression. I left marketing for many reasons, but now I realize that I may not have had to start all over to find what I was looking for and go through this lengthy process of starting something new. I'm glad I'm here today, but still, that's why I'm so passionate about helping women in the middle of their careers. There are a lot of people out there that are promoting to just leave your career and become an entrepreneur, or sometimes what hit for me was the mission of a nonprofit called. And that could seem really enticing when you're feeling burned out. But I believe that for most, it's better to find a new way to work that's more effective than it is to throw it all away and start fresh. Not everybody has the personality to be an entrepreneur, and it's expensive to learn a new craft in both time and money. The nonprofit world comes with its own downsides, too. While the mission is strong, the pay is usually weak and the hours can be grueling because resources are so constrained. So now I work to help women stay in their leadership roles so they don't burn out and leave because there is a different way to work than most of us fall into. And the world needs women at the top. We need more gender balance so that our companies can do a better job and our society can do better. So now I can see all the mistakes that I've made along the way, which I help women prevent. So the first mistake I made was not understanding my strengths. I didn't understand all my strengths and I didn't know how to focus on them. Instead, I was focused on resolving my weaknesses and turning them into strengths. So this means that I didn't do a complete round of assessments I only did the Myers-Briggs, which helped me to understand my personality, but I didn't understand my strengths profile. I didn't understand my saboteurs and how they could hold me back. I also didn't know my values. And this meant that I didn't really understand what it was that I was bringing to the table when I walked into a room. I didn't have that clear vision of what it was that was special about me and what it was that I did differently than other people in my field. So I had a vague feeling about all this, but You know, you live in the skin all the time. You would think we know it better. But what I never did was take the time to just sit down and lay all that out so that I could be very clear on it. This would have allowed me to play to those strengths instead of always feeling insecure about the things that I didn't do well. So the second thing that I didn't do well was that I didn't even know about executive presence and how to develop it. I didn't understand executive presence until I became a coach. And now I've dived very deep into it. And I totally understand executive presence for women. But this was not my strength in my corporate career. As a director, I focused on my communication skills, which helped me to do some of this work. I did the Toastmasters program for a few years and was widely known for great presentation skills. I tried to be more assertive because that's what we always hear that women should do. They should be more assertive. But I didn't know how to do that without being off-putting. And so sometimes I came off too strong and I missed opportunities to collaborate better. I did a lot of other communications training as well, but I totally missed out on building Gravitas. So so that's a piece that I could have really done a lot more of had I understood what Gravitas was and how women can build Gravitas to further their influence. So number three, I didn't develop my self-image as an executive. And now I understand that at each level, you have to develop your own self-image so that you can rise up to be a bigger leader. In coaching, we call this new level, new devil. It's, this is the mindset work that you really need to do to be able to think of that bigger version of yourself at every step. So we should be making these steps all year, every year, always a bigger version of ourselves, and always pushing that envelope a little bit. So what resulted in this for me of not doing this work was a lot of imposter syndrome. I didn't feel confident in my work. So no matter how many achievements I made, and there were many. I mean, I launched many successful products and I was an ace messaging and really getting into the hearts and souls of our consumers. But even after 25 years of doing this work, I didn't consider myself an expert. This is the definition of imposter syndrome, that you never feel quite good enough, even though there's data out there to tell you that you are. So forth, I wasn't clear on what I actually wanted to focus on, what was really important for me to do well, and what I did not need to optimize. So Greg McEwen calls this essentialism in the book that he wrote on this topic. I didn't understand what was really important. And so what I did was I threw 100 or 120% of my efforts into everything. And what this did was sometimes spread me too thin. And I often raised my hand even when I didn't even need to take on things. So it spread myself a little even thinner as well. So this was a journey that I really went on so that I could figure out how to get focused on what I really needed to do. And number five, I didn't have a good enough emotional balance. I didn't understand how to work with my saboteurs. And that left me feeling like I wasn't good enough. And I had this critical voice telling me that I needed to do better, which often left me chasing perfectionism and people pleasing. And I felt that if I just worked harder, I could finally feel like I did enough. I thought that critical voice was actually helping me, but I didn't realize that it was actually holding me back. So now I understand saboteurs and I've done some deep work with my own saboteurs. And as a coach, I understand how these saboteurs affect almost everything we do. And I clearly see how important this work is in order to withstand the ups and downs of corporate life. And this saboteur work has opened up a whole new level for me personally. It's been really great. And now I help women work through their saboteurs and to see them really quickly. So number six, I didn't focus enough on building trust with my peers and the senior leaders. So I was great at building trust with my team, as many women are, but I was too personable with my relationships with my peers and senior leaders. So they liked me, but they still didn't trust me as much as they could have professionally. I left performance on the table because I didn't spend enough time building these relationships through that professional lens. And I didn't understand how to build trust with people who I was sometimes at odds with given our different roles. So instead, I kept my head down and I just focused on producing more and more great work, thinking if I just kept producing more and more good stuff, that they would finally see the value of what I was doing and that they would be able to connect those dots on their own. But what I needed to do was to spend more time out there talking about the work that I was doing and helping people to really understand how what I was doing was helping the company as a whole and their functions as well. And that would have opened up a whole new level of collaboration for us. And finally, number seven, I didn't lead with my feminine strengths. Instead, I watched my mentors and I read all the books about leadership, but my mentors were men. And the books, they were all written by men about a male leadership model that didn't totally fit me and the style that I brought to leadership. So now I know that this is where our real power comes from as women, where we can be our authentic selves. We can lead in a way that works really well for us, our teams and our companies. And women are consistently rated as being better leaders. Yet many times we are told that we're not doing it right because we don't fit into that mold. Now I help women understand their leadership style so that they can articulate what they're doing. And this helps the men that they work with to see the difference and respect it. They may be able to adopt some of their style or they may not, but they can see why it works. So those are the seven things that I could have done a lot better in my career. And now I help women to do these things in much shorter time than it took me on the 10 years to figure it out. So if that's something you're interested in, I've got three shifts for you to get started with it today. First, know that there is help out there. There are coaches like me that can help you get there. And when I was doing all this, coaching wasn't even really a thing. So I didn't have the support that you can get. And now there's lots of coaches like me and my sister Smart Programs, which focus on women leaders specifically. So the second shift that you can make is to take out your journal and write about what you want for your career. What does that quiet voice tell you? Everybody has that inner voice that's drowned out by all the busyness of the world. But if you stop and listen to that quiet inner voice, In those fleeting moments, what does it tell you? What does it tell you that you're made of? How far can you really go? How much potential do you have? I had that quiet voice telling me that I could be an executive, that I could go all the way to the top, to the upper levels, because I had something special to give to the world. And I thought I could lead in a way that I wanted a role model for other people. I wanted to show people what leadership can do and the power of leadership using our feminine strengths. And what that can do to pull people together and create better performance for our companies, but also have more sanity for people's lives. And number three, ask yourself, why is it important for you to be all that you can be? Why should you feel your potential? Who benefits by that, financially and emotionally? Who are you a role model for? So think a minute, why leadership's important for you to pursue? Thank you so much for watching the first episode of Sister Smart Leadership. I'm really excited about this season and I hope you'll join me for the whole series to learn about what you can do in your career. If you're watching the YouTube video, please leave me a comment and let me know what you thought of the first show. If you'd like to stay out of the traps that I found myself in, you're going to want to check out my private podcast where I go through the seven step process that I use with my clients to put them on their path to promotion. I'll also share my client success stories with you so you can hear from other women who've had the same ambitions as you because I don't think you want to wait 10 years to have the influence, confidence, and the ability to create change that comes with leading at the top levels. And if you're a female leader who wants to make a bigger impact by leading at the higher levels in your career, subscribe either on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm on a mission to help more women Succeed in leadership so our world gets the benefit of what women bring to leadership. And if that's aligned with you, I'd love to have you be part of this community and tune into more episodes on women's leadership that will support more success for us all. See you in the next episode. If you're ready to fully lean into your feminine leadership and get promoted from director to vice president and beyond, hit that subscribe button so you'll get all the episodes to come. And check out the recommended video here to see how women are rising up without playing by the old rules that built these male-dominated industries and systems. I'm taking a brief break from this episode to ask, do you feel stuck and unclear about what you need to do to get promoted from director to vice president and beyond? Take the next step and get the free Passport to Promotion private podcast where you'll get the seven-step method to use to get promoted. In each episode, you'll find a tangible concept with real life examples from my clients on how they were able to use that strategy to reach their next level, plus an action step you can take right now to accelerate your path to promotion. You can find the link in the show notes. Now let's get back to the episode.